A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Testing. Okay, we are live. Hello, everybody. Just have a sip of my coffee. It is a horrible old rainy day in Auckland today, and I hope the weather's maybe a bit better wherever you are. Okay, so uh, this week, instead of a normal episode, we're going to have a Q and A. Uh, so yeah, so where things are at at the moment, yeah, there's a lot of stuff come in um, and just sort of figuring out how the process of, of how I'm going to release that and, and, and tell that story is um, still something I'm sort of figuring out. So uh, yeah, a Q&A gives me a, a good um, extra week there just while that stuff's sort of being ironed out. And um, it's also good to answer some of your questions because, you know, there's um, there's a lot you probably want to know uh and just while we start um yeah yesterday morning was on the um the am show which is new zealand's sort of main um morning tv show which was good um shout out to them they just out of the blue gave me an email and said hey love to get you on so you know it's good to see sort of mainstream new zealand media getting behind the podcast now and what's happening um, so, you know, I certainly can't complain about that anymore. So that was good. And, um, yeah, it was a basic interview, but you know, it, it got things out there and, and that's what it's all about. Okay. So what we'll do is I've been given the list of all the questions on the Facebook group and thanks to everyone that did that. And I'm just basically just going to go through these. I haven't really curated these or anything at this point um yeah let's just fire into it so sorry burping first one from helen why doesn't the russian help bring the truth to the surface surface i'm sure he has the skills well yes the russian maybe we should uh just get him and let him loose um, i'm sure he'd love that but yeah i think we need to do things uh in a way that's probably not quite so uh, violent, but yeah, I mean, hey, hey, it would be one way to go about it. Tim, have you been able to formulate a theory that encompasses all the info, sightings, etc.? If so, when can we hear it? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, of course. It sort of comes back to um to what I always say is that you know it's sort of the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that that hasn't been shared and which provides a better idea of that theory uh, and you know obviously I do have a theory 
um, and when will we hear it? Well, I'm sort of hoping that by the end of sort of this run of, of five episodes or whatever it works out to be, that at the end of that, you know, I'll give you my theory of my opinion of what I think's happened based on all the information. But until then, uh, I won't. And a lot of people have asked me why I didn't do my usual sort of breakdown at the end of the season of my theory. And uh, there are a number of reasons why, um, you know, to do with sort of the case and things that were, were going on. And so I didn't, but, but I will eventually. Thanks, Tim. Okay, Sonia, hi. Gut feelings are very accurate. Could you tell me who set your internal alarm bells off when interviewing them for this season? I'd be very interested to know. I know it isn't proof of anything, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that's probably something that I can't really share. I mean, obviously, I, I do have feelings every time I meet people and internal alarm bells have definitely gone off at times. Um, but, you know, it's not something I'm going to share at, at this stage, maybe down the line a bit further because, you know, things are still unfolding and yeah. Martin, have you or DT reached out to each other or do you know if DT is using your podcast in his upcoming review? So I assume you're referring to David Tamahedi. Uh I won't comment on this too much again, but let's just say that his legal team are aware of the podcast and are keeping themselves up to date on what's going on. Thanks, Martin. Marie, why do you think the media have been quiet on these developments? You look at the likes of Hedley Thomas's achievements all via podcast. Are they being gagged by New Zealand police? Uh, well, I suppose we're starting to see the media, uh, come out a bit more now you know that tv interview i did yesterday uh so we may see more um in terms of headley thomas i speak to headley and he's a good guy and i think a bit of perspective there is that i'm an independent journalist who operates out of my own office headley thomas is works for the australian new zealand's largest i mean australia's largest newspaper so anything Headley's doing is funded by the Australian and is going to be in the Australian. So, you know, naturally that's a huge platform. It would be the equivalent if I worked for the New Zealand Herald. Well, anything I would be doing would be front page news. So some perspective there on Headley's work, which is great work. You know, when I started my podcast, Headley was that bar that I sort of held myself up to and, and you know, and still do. But... um. I don't think the media are being gagged by New Zealand police, but I mean, there's no doubt that they're hand in hand in many aspects. Um, I think that, you know, the media here are just quite careful about what they say. Thank you. Um, Carol, if you're relaying all your leads to police, why do you think they're not being more active about following up on your investigations? Do you have any theories? Um, you know, I don't relay all my leads to police. It's straight, as simple as that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I put most of the important stuff in the podcast. I mean, obviously there's more going on, but they don't want me calling them up every day with every different random lead. That's just not something that they're going to want. Um, if I had something that was absolutely locked in concrete, 
then, you know, I would get in touch with them. Um, but things are still developing. And, and at this point, they obviously have an ongoing case with Tamahiti's team. And yeah. Um, and the thing is, you have to remember with the police too, is that it's not their prerogative to necessarily tell me what they're up to. They may be following things up. I don't know. They could have phones tapped. They could be following people. They could be doing all kinds of stuff that, that I'm not aware of. And they don't need to tell me that. And we're probably better off that they don't from their point of view sometimes. So, you know, you just don't know what they're doing. You can't always assume the worst. And do I have any theories? Mm, not quite sure what you're saying there for the whole case. Uh, yeah, I do. But I'll refer to what I said before. It'll come out eventually. Thanks, Carol. Simon. Can you please have a bit of a gander in the swamp across the road from the Taikato farm? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there is a, a a big waterway area swamp over there. And it would be great to have a look in there at some point. I know there are rumors of things being in there. And, you know, again, I'll say searches are not always so easy. I mean, you're talking whether it's private property or public property or whatever and you know the podcast has grown a lot and it's quite a big deal now so if I say to someone hey we want to do a search it's like oh you know shit this is going to be could be a serious thing and you know people can be a bit hesitant um you know so it's not as easy as just you can't just like roll up and just start searching somewhere but you know if there's some genuine evidence that that points in the direction of that swamp you know I'd definitely have a have a look or have a chat to to Rick and, and see if um if that would be okay you know and I'll just add that in the past Rick has been really good last time he was said he was more than happy for us to to search through areas um, whether that still remains the same I'm not sure thanks Simon Christiana has the use of cadaver dogs in the search for Heidi been considered Okay, yeah, this is a question that I really need to answer. Uh, a lot of people ask this question, and of course it's been considered. It was one of the very first considerations. But cadaver dogs in New Zealand, it is no, you know, you can't just go out and hire a cadaver dog. The cadaver dogs in New Zealand are run by New Zealand police. Uh, you can't just get a cadaver dog. Uh, and then there's the other angle as well that... Um, you have different types of cadaver dogs based on different things. So a standard cadaver dog, for example, would be looking for maybe a body that's still decomposing or, you know, a dead body has been in a spot. But my understanding uh, is that when you're looking at only skeletal remains from obviously three decades ago, that's a very specific type of cadaver dog, which is beyond rare worldwide, you know, and um, certainly not something that I'm aware of that is available in New Zealand. So unfortunately, you know, cadaver dogs aren't sort of just, the, you know, the magic bullet that we can just click our fingers and get. Um, but hey, I mean, if there was, if the police were willing, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if the police thought that there needed to be a cadaver dog, they'd be in charge of that, you know, not us. Thanks, Christiana. I hope that answers that question that, yeah, cadaver dogs being used is very unlikely unless the police are doing it. Maybe in conjunction with me, who knows. Thanks, Christiana. Okay, Tony. 
I feel like all the series have been really intense and super condensed with information. And I wonder if you and those around you have ever felt too mentally and emotionally immersed in the process of what you do. And I was wondering how you decompress. Is it like Ashley telling you to get off your devices or you drag yourself to step away for a time? Yeah, I mean, that's, it is it's so intense. Um, you know, for the last six months, this has been my life and it's from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, you're showering, it's just constantly your brain's ticking over everything, every little angle and um, yeah, it can be in- insanely mentally draining. And to decompress, you know, yeah, I used to, you know, probably drink too much. That would be my thing. You know, at the end of the day, I'd sit down and have a drink and that would that would be good. But, you know, recently I've sort of got myself out of that habit. And um, I actually, the best thing for me is running. You know, I will leave the office and go for a run. And that's when I do some of my best thinking. And, and that really helps me sort of just relieve that stress is actually literally telling you to get off your devices. Uh, you know, I'm not, it's probably the other way around. I'm not a device person. I don't have Facebook on my phone. Well, obviously I use my phone, but not not like that. Um, it's more for me. I end up stuck in the office in front of my computer. Thanks for the question. George, are there any plans to release what you've done already as a documentary Netflix perhaps? Uh, yeah, I won't say too much here, but it is in the works. I'll say that, uh, it's already well advanced. Okay. Next question. Always wondered about your, oh, this is George again. Okay. Oh, there's a few here from George, I guess. Oh, we'll just do them all. Always wondered about your safety and those helping you as the brave few that have chosen to speak up. How does it feel to be wandering through sites connected to the missing couple? Um, yeah, so safety, you know, is a, has been a, a real concern for, you know, a number of people, including, uh, my family, but you know, it's, it's just something you sort of have to sort of mitigate in the ways you can. And, and, um, when you're wandering through sites, connecting to Heidi and Urban in the case, you know, it can be sort of an eerie feeling at times, you know, sort of, you know, at, Urban's memorial site and sometimes you sort of you flash back to what you know what would have transpired there you know all those years ago and you know it, it does um you know it does elicit some emotion for sure uh, but I don't feel unsafe in those areas today you've stated multiple times that for various reasons we the listeners only receive a sliver of information related to the case in the podcast it's a lot of content on the cutting room floor. Do you see a time when all of this information becomes available to view, read, listen? Yeah, so when I refer to, you know, you guys only hear sort of 10% and a lot of it ends up on the cutting room floor. The reason is not because, you know, it wasn't good enough to be in the podcast. The reason is it can't be in the podcast because so many witnesses don't want to speak publicly for fear of their own safety, which is the main one in this case. Uh, and... And that's why it can't be shared. You know, I'd, I'd love to. If I could share it all, it would be amazing, but I can't. So most of that stuff will never be heard publicly um, until someday maybe that they might change their mind. Or It really is mainly around safety. Um, and yeah. 
You've been speaking to multiple people that have may have crucial information regarding the whereabouts of Heidi's body and what happened and who was responsible. Does your internal BS meter on a scale of 1 to 10 ever register a reading of 11? Uh, it has one time. And, you know, certainly oftentimes when people are, when I'm interviewing someone, they might say something that I might know is probably not right. But I like to let people speak and just, you know, see what they say. And oftentimes they might dig themselves a hole, you know, or not. But, you know, I let people speak. But, yeah, without a doubt, the bullshit meter is active constantly. And again, you know, just go back that when you hear things in the podcast, that's only a chunk of the interview. It's not the whole thing. And, uh, yeah. Have you made contact with any family of the Swedish couple that have passed or have, or have they reached out to you regarding the project? So yeah, I've been in contact with, with one family member, uh, just through social media. And, you know, for me, I know there's probably people that think, oh, they should be involved and so on. But I actually sort of thought the opposite to a degree because, you know, this is a story. There's been probably so many journalists look at it over the years. And, and I I didn't want to just be another one of these people that dredges something up and gets hopes up for nothing. You know, the way I see it, I was like, well, if I get somewhere with this, then, you know, then we can look to make that connection. But I did make some connection. And, you know, they are listening to the podcast and I suppose I would say that it's sort of, um, yeah, they're just sort of like cautious optimism. Hopefully something might happen and, you know, I think they appreciate what's being done, but they just said that they don't, they would like to stay back out of it. They don't want to be involved. Uh, you know, honestly, like journalists and stuff will just jump all over them if they do start getting involved. Uh, yeah, thank you for that, George. Okay, next one, Leah. My partner and I have metal detectors and spend 50% of our time in Ha Hay, which is a place. Do you think we would be safe wandering the bush detecting for Heidi, or are there seedy underbelly types making it unsafe? Yeah, one thing I'd say is be careful wandering in the bush, especially in that area. There are old mine shafts and stuff all over the place that you know it is quite dangerous from that point of view there are also you know people are growing weed and stuff up through that bush maybe not like they once were and you know you, you do have to be a bit wary and also there's private property and stuff around um but yeah i mean it's new zealand native bush if it's dock land you you can go wandering in there but i'd say be careful and um, but I don't think you need to be too worried about the actual people that are wandering around out there today. Things are a bit different now. Thanks, Leah. Renee, do David Tomahedi and David Turner actually look similar? Like associates can't tell them apart. Have you been able to yourself or another person analyze photos of both of them? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they look similar, but they're not identical. I've seen photos, I have photos that are not public, like, you know, that aren't on your Facebook page or anything of both of them from the era. And they certainly look similar, but they're not identical. Um, at a, from a distance, you know, maybe 10 or 20 yards or something like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you were, if you were someone who was IDing that person later on, you know, say six weeks later, 
definitely you could make that mistake without a doubt. Uh, but I'd, I don't think it's the kind of thing where their friends would be would be making that mistake. But you know, they look definitely similar. If you're looking from the point of view of someone that was trying to ID, say, a suspect that they had seen two months earlier, you know, that would be where a problem would arise. Thanks, Renee. Next question, Ra. My question is you, Ryan. If you could restart this Finding Heidi journey, what would you change to start it off with? Would you do a prolonged investigation first off before release? Um, so would I change anything to start off with? Um, you know, I think the thing about my podcast that's different is that I take you on the investigation with me. And it's normally sort of what I say is that it won't always be perfect. I mean, that's a different type of podcast. If I went and made, do it a whole investigation and then put it together in one tidy package, that's a different kind of podcast altogether. And that is still something that can be done, but it's just, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of you of going along and, and you find things out sort of as I do. And we go through that process together. And I think that's what makes it enjoyable to follow along. And I mean, I don't know. I'll put that out to you guys. Is, do you like that kind of thing? I mean, that's kind of what I, I like to listen to. And that's sort of the why I do it the way I do. Um, yeah. And well, actually, and the other mean, the other reason too is that you, it's through the podcast and the listeners. That's where all the leads come from. If I'm doing an investigation first and then releasing, well, then how are people going to know to come forward? You know, that's all of the people that have come forward, more or less, or a lot of them, you know, they are people that have come forward through the podcast. I mean, aside from Darren and some of those earlier ones who I went out and found them. And so it's the power of of the platform. That's that's the key. Thanks, Ra. Penelope, can Ryan please provide his theory on what he thinks may have happened to Heidi? Again, I'll refer to earlier that I will eventually. Uh but I won't right now. Justine, biggest red herring slash time waster. Uh, I think we all have an opinion on who could have given the most useful info given their proximity to relevant players, but has padded out their comments with fanciful stories. Blah, 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 given. Oh, how pissed off are you with all this sort of BS? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say it's like pissed. But there's no doubt that I think someone might have said it in one of the earlier comments or something, or you know, that the truth is in this in this mix somewhere. And there's a lot of bullshit and stuff that's all floating around in there and we're having to sort of sieve through that. And I know, I do sometimes just think, man, I wish people would just say the truth. Everyone, you know, everyone's got some little element that they're protecting for themselves, you know. And yeah, it can be really frustrating at times, really frustrating, um, you know. But and and there's also that passage of time. Sometimes maybe it's not BS. Maybe they just can't quite remember. But yeah, I know people. You know, people have a lot of skin in the game in this. You know, you're talking about a double homicide. There's a lot involved and. Um, you know, it's, you don't want to pass judgment too quick on what someone's willing to say and not willing to say, but yeah, I mean, Hey, of course, sometimes I just wish everyone would just say the truth. 
uh, Penelope, oh, another question. Ben, did he ever email or contact Ryan with information or apologize for being such a, yeah. Uh, nope, never did. Not, have no idea what his deal is. Really frustrating, actually. I don't know. You know, but just strange that he was messaging other people that from this group, you know, I don't know, it's just strange. Uh, I have had a couple of people reach out to tell me a bit more about him, but there's nothing dodgy there. I think he just maybe thinks that, I don't know, he maybe he had some big piece of information and he didn't want to give it to me. Maybe I might benefit from it or I, I don't know, I can't answer it, but it's annoying because I spent hours in really thick bush looking for that thing and I would have just liked to see it just to know if it's relevant. He could have just sent me a picture with no GPS coordinates and I could have just looked at that, but no, some people. Okay, Jennifer, I'm curious about the sightings of Heidi where there were signs she was being held against her will, i.e. her hand being held entering the pub or being led by the elbow. Surely should have, Surely she could have been frozen with fear, but I'm interested in hearing from an expert on why she didn't make some sign to alert others that she needed help. The pub scene in particular haunts me. It was a public space and there were two men there that could have helped. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's a, an idea. I could potentially get a, a psychologist on that could explain this. Uh, but I will just say, without saying too much, that... You know, Heidi may have potentially been witness to or knew of something that had that had taken place that had just put her in complete shock. And, you know, shock is, is very real where you just almost just can't respond. And that's definitely there's that's definitely a real a real thing as, as crazy as it might seem, and everyone's a bit different in how they might react. Uh but yeah, I mean there there's there's no doubt that there's multiple sightings that all sort of describe the same thing. And I think we could just safely say at this point that, that Heidi was in shock. Thanks, Jennifer. Jesse, what was Darren Lindsay's response to the James Turner interview? I wouldn't know because Darren won't pick my calls up or respond to me. And he hasn't for a while. And I'd love to speak to Darren for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll also add Darren's wife is very sick at the moment as well. And so, you know, he's got his own battles going on. So, uh, yeah, due to that, I've sort of just had to leave him be a little bit. But I'd love to hear from him if he if he was willing to reach out off the record, of course. Uh, next person. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this name. Nice. Nice. I don't know. Have you found Heidi? No. Next question, Deb, has Ryan looked at the Kawa Island theory? If not, why not? It seemed a positive sighting. I assume here you're referring to Ian Wishart's book. Uh, you know, I haven't because, I don't know, frankly to me it's insulting to even assume that Heidi would be sort of some kind of willing participant and going off like that. I mean, I think from memory, I'm just trying to remember what she was like carrying a pack or something and the person that where this leak came from was someone who was an avid follower of Investigate magazine. I, mean, ugh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, it's not something I've looked into because, you know, I have evidence that points at, at things that are not connected to that. But 
I don't know. And I mean, this podcast has been pretty far and wide. And I think if, if someone out there has information related to the Kauau Island theory, and basically this theory, from my understanding, was these people thought they saw Heidi being with a pack on, with another man with a pack on in the bush on Kauau Island, which is a an island in the Bay of Islands of New Zealand. Uh, and yeah, I don't know, but I don't think any... I don't know. I think to start with, I think the family of Heidi's family were extremely like upset about even the suggestion that, that Heidi might be going along with something like that. It's one thing to sort of be in shock and be like led around, but it's sort of another thing to be carrying a pack and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just seems a bit ridiculous to me. Brendan. Hi Ryan. Snapperhead mentioned in that forum that Urban fought for his life and they finished him off with a stab to the back of the neck with a circus knife. Then after that, it was found pathology says he had a knife. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you'll find that that post was made only a couple years ago and it's been common knowledge about the next two urban skeleton for a long time. I did ask Darren about this and about this post, this forum thing and yeah, he just said, he said, oh, at the end of the day, he was just sort of filling in the blanks that he thought. And yeah, so sort of speculating. Brooke, have you managed to corroborate Tamahiri and Bear being in the same jail together at the same time? I haven't yet, but that is on my list of things to do. Victoria, there is a thread of truth through all the evidence you've uncovered so far. How close are you to being confident on where that thread starts and finishes and what it says? Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of like I just was saying earlier that, you know, somewhere in this big pile of shit, which is all this different, all these different witness statements and somewhere in there is the truth. I don't, the truth's not outside of that. It's in there, but it's really, it's, it's hard to see at the moment. But I would say that there are things that you guys don't know yet, witnesses that that I've kept to myself at this point that have narrowed that scope a lot. Uh, and I've, I'm getting pretty confident that that I have a pretty good idea of of sort of what took place. But uh, I will say, you know, it's it's still really difficult, um, and we'll probably never have the real truth of this. Uh, unless someone's willing to come, you know, come clean. But at this point, I don't see that happening. Paula, has Heidi or Urban's family been in touch? I hope they're comforted by your efforts. Finding Heidi, though, so much. Yeah, like I said before, um, I've spoken to to um, a Parkinan. I won't say what Parkinan, but one... Uh, a few times and and they're listening with some hope. Natalie, in your opinion as a trained lawyer, how confident are you that circumstantial evidence can lead to the truth of what really happened? And if presented the, to the police, would the weight of your evidence mean they had to investigate it? Uh, I would say that my answer to this would be that if what I'm one person, you know, and I've been able to find what I've been able to find, if the police wanted to and they said, hey, 
let's this guy must be onto something here. Let's throw all of our police resources into this. I think that they would be able to find a circumstantial case there, and I think they could probably find more. That's not going to happen, though. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, the other thing too is actual direct evidence that would be it would be long gone. So I think building a circumstantial case after 34 years would be difficult. Although we did recently see that in the Red Fox Tavern, two men there who say they're innocent, and I believe they are innocent in prison. Just my opinion. So it does happen. I think realistically the only way that the police are going to have to reinvestigate anything is if I can find Heidi in the place that she shouldn't be. If I can find Heidi in a place that's not up near Crosby's clearing, because obviously I don't believe she's up there, then they would have to surely because it would mean the whole narrative's incorrect. Thanks, Natalie. Lois, has anybody talked to Pat, Donald Turner's mother and David Turner's wife? I'll just add again that there are many, many people I've spoken to that you're not aware of yet, and I can't reveal that who I've spoken to. The people that, let me just say that by the end of the podcast, the people that you're going to hear from, you will hear from, and the people that uh, you will never hear from, you won't have. It's sort of as simple as that. I'm sorry, it's not probably the answer you want, but yeah, it's just the way it is. Anit, will Ryan be following up on the story about Heidi being buried on the farm Buried, oh, buried at the farm on Prakwai Quarry Road, formerly managed by Gary Spinks, and if not, why not? News to me. Uh, I've never heard that one. Buried on the farm, formerly managed by Gary Spinks, if not, why not? Yeah, don't know that one. No one's ever told me about that. Uh, I will add that Gary Spinks did reach out to me a few weeks back and obviously had listened to the podcast or heard about it and wanted to be clear that he never owned a white Subaru. But I think we now know that from what James Turner told us that the Turners owned a white Subaru. So that explains the other one. I don't think it was Gary Spinks's. I don't think he probably has any involvement. I think that was probably just something Spud said just to, I don't know, maybe throw the trail off or I'm not sure. Or it could be could be nothing at all. But yeah, I'm not sure if there's something to do with Gary Spinks and a, someone being buried there, then hey, reach out but I've never heard of it. Tyree, how does Ryan keep these cases in perspective for his own wider to remain light? Or does he barrel on and repair later? Seems like dealing with some people and facets of cases could really itch into your energy. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just barrel on, really. There's, I don't really have time to, um, yeah, to to try and you know fix myself but you know there's certainly times when you just it's a bit, all a bit overwhelming you know and, uh but like i said i've sort of uh go for a run and, and and those kind of things um but yeah it's i'm tired you know i'm really tired and yeah my you know it can be hard some days just trying to just keep that energy up because it is really taxing but yeah, I don't really have any real strategy, to be honest. Thanks, Tyree. Uh, Sarah, have you spoken to Ange, the blonde girlfriend at Batch and possibly Crosby's sighting? As I remember a documentary years ago by Brian Bruce mentioning the sighting 
also, but cannot find it anywhere through any means now. Uh, I had a phone call with David Turner relatively recently, and Ange was there in the background shouting, sort of shouting. Uh, so she's not going to be speaking to me anytime soon. And I'm not aware of any mention of the batch or anything to do with that in any other documentaries ever. So that would be news to me if, if it is. So yeah, not sure about that one. Uh, and then you said, do you think collectively information like this documentary is being hidden from the public by government, police, etc.? If you mean my documentary, uh, no, I don't think so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The car recovered by police, where is it now and was it forensically tested for blood, etc.? That Heidi and her barns position were in it. Did the actual vehicle identification get confirmed? I mean, again, you have to remember that, you know, I'm not the police. Uh, I can tell you it was forensically tested for blood. There was no blood in that car. Uh, um, but, you know, this is before the days of DNA or anything, so there wouldn't be no DNA, but they did test the car for blood. And um, did the vehicle identification, you know, I'll say this in terms of the car, that... The police knew something wasn't right with that car, is my opinion. And someone actually shared something on this group, actually, which Ashley showed me a while ago about an article they dug up saying the police had actually flown a person from the South Island to come up just to check, yep, those were the same tyres that I sold to the Swedes, you know, when they were on their trip. And that person sort of put this forward as evidence that, well, I mean, that's definitely the Swedes' car. To me, that actually says the exact opposite. You know, if it was as simple as the police just finding the Swedes car, you know, and, oh, yep, that's their car, it's got their gear in it, why would you need to go to such an effort that you would fly a person from the other end of the country just to check the tyres? It's because they knew something about that car just didn't seem right. You know, it was just off. So much so they even flew a person to check tyres. And... Whether the cars were switched or not, I think damn well the police knew something wasn't quite right, you know. And like I said, unless the police have actual evidence that Heidi and Urban did that paintwork, I mean, if you look in the pictures, it's like they've painted around the wheel arcs and those black squares on the back. 
why, why would you do that? To me, that looks like maybe you'd be trying to cover up some rust or something. And when I looked on, if you look on the photos of Heidi and Urban's car from when they were on their trip of New Zealand, those wheel arcs and at the back of the car, it's perfectly clean. There's no rust that I can see. Um, did they paint that on or is it a different car? And then, of course, you've got the issue with the keys and, you know, the thing with, yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one with that car, isn't it? But I think that we can say that now that we know there definitely were two white Subarus, that um, that changes a lot and you need to really go back through and think about everything with that, with that in mind. Uh, in episode 16, James Turner clearly states being the mayor of the town. Yeah, I think when you refer to, yeah, he was being, that was sort of his nickname um, and being known to police. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, and Bob Carty saying that he didn't know them. Yeah, that was, that's odd. I can't quite explain that. Can't quite explain it. Yeah, I can't answer that question. I mean, I don't know if he's trying to hide something or not. Yeah. Yeah, but when I spoke to Bob, he... um. He, you know, even as we went on in the conversation, he would pause and think like, say, you know, like, shit, I'm just trying to think who you're talking about. Maybe his memory's just failing him or who knows. But yeah, that is a real anomaly to me too. Don't know. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, next one. Paul. Has there been fingerprint checks done on Heidi's wallet found at the jam tins, given what we know might clear up one little question? Well, I know they did check fingerprints. Uh, um whether they ran them through the whole database or not, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I remember that there was a fingerprint that was unknown. It would be interesting to know whose that might be. But, you know, were those fingerprints run through a whole database or were they just run to cross-check to see if they were David Tamahedis? I don't have the answer to that. Would love to know, though. Thanks, Paul. Kate. I imagine the police feel their somewhat dubious slash questionable means were justified by the end being a conviction. Even if that did significantly reduce the chances of Heidi being found and maybe others walking free. Do you think the police really did stuff it up and Heidi probably would have been found by now? Or do you think they did the best they could with what they had at the time? Yeah, so I think... Um, I don't think they did the best they could. But... You know, we have to have some perspective here of how huge this case was. Uh, you know, it was an international case. I mean, Interpol were involved, you know, not in the investigation per se, but there's a lot of pressure. And after, God, I mean, how many weeks? They were going nowhere uh, after a couple months, you know, until they until they um, stumbled across Tamahiri. You know, they really had nothing. And yeah, the public pressure was huge. I think they felt they had the right man. I think they genuinely believed it. And I, you know, I don't know the evidence that came forward at that time. You know, I'm not sure. I don't have access to all those files. But I know that stuff came forward in the years following. No doubt about that. That was ignored for sure. I mean, I have people anecdotal evidence from witnesses who said they went to police and tried to tell them certain things and were just ignored basically but that was after Tamahedi was convicted 
I don't know how much they had of the truth of this thing during the actual investigation. Um, yeah. A lot more I'll explain about all of this that by the end of these five episodes, I'm going to reveal a lot to you. Thank you for that, Kate. Felicity, have you filmed enough of the investigation to make a good lengthy doc? Oh, right. Yep. So, yep, there is a documentary in the works and it, it will be big. Sky, you mentioned holding on to so much information yourself as you believe there's more to hear before you release all the previous cut parts as well as to protect yourself. Is there a particular person or persons you're waiting for or re-interviewing for their responses before releasing the important stuff to listeners? Or will it likely come to the last episode and we'll get to hear all of the tough... Yeah, it's going to be that latter one. Um, it will come to that sort of that last episode. And, you know, I'll make sure that there's no holds barred in that last episode. You'll hear everything that, that's out there that's willing to be that I'm willing to say. You know, I'll add with this is that I'll always, if there's new leads that come forward, I'm always going to look at them and in, in, in future, but I can't keep this podcast going on this season forever. There has to be an end point at some stage. And, you know, I plan that that's going to be after these five episodes. And But I think what I'm going to show you is going to narrow down a lot of this stuff. Uh, and I think, yes, yeah, answer a lot more of your questions than I can right now. Thanks, Guy. Uh, Raywin, there's a thread of truth through all the evidence you've uncovered so far. Evidentially, it's too long a time to connect people back to the other people with a likelihood of prosecution. So like you've said, it's always about finding Heidi. So unless you either uncover remains or the people firsthand involved confess to the crime, how likely, in your opinion, is this able to happen? Uh, so it's, are you referring to the likelihood of prosecution? I think the likelihood of prosecution in this case is close to zero. Um, I don't really think the police have any interest in that. I'd almost say it's zero. They are not going to have any interest in that. They're probably interested in if I can find Heidi for sure. But I mean, that, yeah, I don't, they're not going unless someone were to come forward and confess, which is not going to happen, then there's no chance of a prosecution. Thanks, Rowan. That's just my opinion, though, of course. You know, my opinion only. Okay, Lindy. Can we have a section for the most stupid question? <laughs> sure. I nominate, I can't find the episode on Acast. Could someone help me? <laughs> oh, man, I get this question. Like People message me this every day. It drives me mental, and not necessarily because of people asking the question, but clearly the Acast thing and the way it is working is not clear enough um and just to remind you that the subscription and all of that stuff through acast that's nothing to do with me um you know that's their sort of system i don't have any technical input to that whatsoever i don't you know i don't actually i've never been through that subscription process actually maybe i did do it once but i didn't have a problem with it but i, I do understand that a lot of people you know, maybe from the older generation or whatever, it, it can be really tricky to figure out, obviously, because people have problems with it. You know, uh, and, and honestly, I've reached out to them a bunch of times about it and who knows, maybe they might improve it at some point. Uh, you know, I'd like to see an app or something, like a well-made app 
would be would be much much better but you know let's see if that ever happens and another uh, this lindy as well is it how's your family mate you either have a very supportive wife or a very pissed off one but seriously be good to understand how you guys support each other in such and such an intense project like this i think you're a hero but i have a feeling your wife is too uh yeah i mean i've got a supportive a supportive wife uh unless i'm trying to record audio for long extended periods of time uh everything needs to be very quiet no i mean she's she's good and and when i started it sort of you know i remember when i started this podcast and it was really you know i would be working all day at the time you know we'd been doing property and stuff and i was doing some plastering on the side just you know to sort of make ends meet a bit and so i'd plaster all day then i'd come home and i'd be making the podcast i'd be up till two or three o'clock in the morning doing it then i'd go work the next day and do the same thing and um that was just totally on my own at that point you know it was just a one-man thing but you know in the last while i think especially as the facebook group has grown so much and you know ashley's kind of become more a part of that with um you know the admins you know and Corey and anna as well and you know that's kind of become a job in itself and so of course you know she's she's super supportive of that and everything and you know obviously i need to have someone to talk to about about the case and she's always willing to listen and has some really good input as well of course she is also a hero too and just a reminder we have a six-month-old child so from the start of this investigation was basically when we had our child and so i'm not only tired from having to deal with the investigation but also you know if you've had if you have a kid you understand what that's like although he's he's pretty good i think we've been pretty lucky uh from what i understand thanks lindy amy have you tried to speak with darren lindsay off the record yes so i'd love to but not at this point and like i said darren's sort of going through his own he's got some issues with it in his own life and so you know sort of leave him be at the moment russell what do you think the motive for the murders was yeah i mean it's not something i'm going to talk about right now again i'll say that by the end you will know what i think by the end you'll have the final pieces so that you'll all understand a lot more thanks russell raywin have police gone silent on you as you're getting closer and why are your oias getting buried so oia is official information act request which if you're in the states or something might be a freedom of information act request uh the police haven't necessarily gone silent it was at the beginning of the investigation that was when i took barry to meet them because at that time i thought wow this is this is pretty important and they took it seriously you know they interviewed him at length and and so on um but aside from that they've never reached out to me at any point so it's not like they've become silent less silent or, or more or whatever they just they just they just i don't know they never reach out to me whatsoever so yeah and why are your IAs getting buried well they'll say that it's because of the ongoing case you know and that the appeal of david tamahiti but let me say this is that this is a problem with the new zealand system there's many many problems with the new zealand legal system and many legal systems but so um disclosure is something 
you know, a legal term, which means it's sort of if new evidence comes forward in a case, for example, the defence should have the right to disclosure, which is that they should be given that evidence, especially if it could relate to the potential guilt or innocent of of their client. But the problem, and okay, and and what we'll say is that Donald Turner's statement that obviously was made to police in the mid nineties is obviously pretty important because now, given what we know, there are a lot of corroborating witnesses and evidence that supports obviously whatever what he said. And I think we can kind of read between the lines of what he probably said. But though that statement, from my understanding, has never been disclosed to David Tamahedi's legal team um, because, the you know, the gatekeeper to the disclosure and who decides what is important is the police. The police decide if a new piece of information is relevant or important to be passed on to the defence, which is clearly the, a massive conflict of interest, but that's, that's how it works. And so obviously they've not deemed it important to pass that statement on or this whole story that they've known about for a long time. And I think, so I made that official information act, information act request and I know that they're sort of hiding behind the current appeal and, you know, and I went to the ombudsman, which in New Zealand is kind of, it's a person that you go to above the police and that's still gotten nowhere at the moment. I think they know that if that statement gets out and if I got hold of it or maybe Tamahedi's defense team got hold of it, it could cause real problems for them. And I imagine, this is just again just my opinion, of course, you know, I can't speak for the police, but I imagine that they'll be trying to hold off on that stuff until after his appeal is, is over and done and dusted. And then it'll be like, oh, you can have whatever you want now. But I'd be imagining they don't really want that stuff out. And sometimes from their point of view, they might think, well, if it's not concrete enough, we don't want it out, you know. But I think we all know that it um, it clearly is important. And it explains what's the one thing in this case that, that never made sense. And the police could not explain how Urban's body ended up where it was. The seemingly random place up there. But we all know now it's not a random place, is it? And Donald's statement explains why that showed up in that location. But yeah, oh, I could go on on that. But anyway, thanks, Rowan. Okay, Angela. I would like to know if there are any other known to police and possibly locals murderers that were in the area at the same time and who were also associating with the Turner brothers at the Taikato farm i.e. some individual that we don't even know of yet, are all the players currently identified and no new suspects coming up at this stage? Uh, I suppose I can say there are no there are no new persons of interest that are going to be introduced. Probably simple as that, but unless someone new comes forward, but right at this stage... Everyone that I believe is involved has been named. And the final question. I feel like I've got through a lot of questions quickly. Probably been talking fast. This is from Rachel. Still wondering who the blonde guy was that appeared with Tamahedi at the river and outside the courthouse. 
Yes. So it's interesting, this one. Christine said that she sort of didn't know who this person was. and But in one of her original statements, she it does actually name that person. Uh, yeah, but she forgot that that she must have said that at that point. I'm not sure. But there there is a statement where the name is not redacted. So I'm pretty confident I know who that person is. Um, yeah, I really won't say too much more than that. But, you know, still, there's a lot of murkiness and around that whole around that whole thing. I will say that. Okay, so let's get into some email questions here now. This is one from Claudia. The podcast is fantastic. Thank you very much, Claudia. Tamahiti's appeal is being heard in Wellington. At the Court of Appeal on Tuesday, the 28th of November and Wednesday, 29th of November, 2023. Question one is, are you going to attend? And question two is, is any information you've uncovered, are you witnesses, etc., that you know is being used in the appeal? Am I going to attend? You know, I hadn't planned on it, but now that you've said that, hmm, is that something that, you know, there's different courts sometimes, you know, that, public can attend and even media can potentially record i might actually think about doing that it could be an interesting bonus thing um to to cover that to to some extent um you know i'll add that i felt it was important for me to keep a distance between myself and david tamahedi because you can imagine what would happen if I interviewed David Tamahedi and then it just so happened that a couple of weeks later I found Heidi, what would the police say in that situation? You know, I think we know damn well they would say, oh, well, he must have told you where she was. So, you know, I've made it very, I've made a point of, of you know, holding off from that side of things. And look, I'm not saying David Tamahedi is innocent or guilty right now. I'm not talking about that, but... Let's say if he if he wasn't, then that would be a problem. So, um, you know, but you know, going to court that that's a bit different. Uh, yeah, I might I might actually consider that 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 could be. Um, yeah, let me know if you think that's something that that you want me to cover. I could see if I could get permission to take some audio in there. Could be awesome. Uh, yeah. So, has any information you've uncovered is being used? Uh, like I said, I know that. Tamahiti's legal team are following the podcast keenly. Naturally, they're interested. But yeah, it's really tough. Like when you think, you know, I'm not Murray Gibson's his lawyer and, you know, he's been for a long time. And, you know, it's hard like when you're going through appeal processes and, you know, this is something that's been going on for a long time. And to suddenly change attack completely and, you know, that could almost, it could be worse than just sticking to sort of the status quo and focusing on, you know, whatever their case might be, miscarriage of justice due to other things. Uh, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Murray in this regard or anything. I have no idea what he's doing. Uh, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he might say there's new evidence that's come forward. I'm not sure. I really am not sure. Uh, but you know it will be interesting and you know maybe I will go down and check that out actually uh, it just says love your work the case is fascinating 
as a fellow lawyer, I really appreciate this. Uh, well, thank you very much, Claudia. Uh, it's always nice to to hear other people legally trained that are listening to the podcast, and that's um, yeah, that's that's some nice feedback for me. Okay, next one here from Kay. Have you found any links between Heidi and Urban, Jordan, Sarah Neath, um, and Bear's four by four crash into the motorbike on Bush Road? Uh, yeah, I think what Kay's referring to here is a number of uh, obviously Jordan Bedori, which was season one of Guilt. Uh, he was murdered in Pido. Heidi and Urban, uh, Sarah Neath. It's an interesting case. Uh, girl that went missing, presumed murdered. And her car was never found. Uh, there's an investigation going on uh, in that case, but I'm not aware of any connection to my cases. And from my understanding, off the top of my head, I feel like they know who's responsible for that, but that they just haven't had the evidence to be able to to get him. Uh, or else they actually maybe they did get him and he's got out. I, I don't know because I can't quite remember. Maybe he actually did do time for it, but they want to find her body. No, interesting one though, but I think it is being looked into, but I don't know of any connection with Jordan's case to this. Remember, Jordan wasn't murdered until 2012. Uh, I don't know if that's connected to this. I, I have other leads in Jordan's case that I won't speak about now, but I don't believe David Turner's connected to it. Yeah, okay. Next question from Barbs and Greg. Do you have the strongest gut feeling that you know who the murderer is? I'm guessing if you did, you wouldn't say, but I'm curious if you'd even hint. Thanks for the amazing podcast. Yes, I do. And no, I won't. <laughs> Thank you very much, Barb. It's probably not the answer you were asking for, but okay. Uh, and finally, the question here from Corey. Hi, Ryan. My question is, with all the information that you've gathered, gathered from interviews and witnesses, what piece of information blew your mind the most? Man, yeah, this this that's a good question. Uh, I'm just thinking because this case, man, there's been, you know, there's been some sort of wild stuff. I suppose, um, you know, imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Because when I started this, right, I had no idea about the truth of this case. And, you know, when I met Darren Old and he told me, you know, what he saw and all these details, I'll admit that initially I was skeptical because, you know, it's it was a big story. I suppose um, when, when I realized that the message when I realized that the other, the, the person who would, had sent this message to this journalist some years ago referred to said dad, like when I realized then that that person sending that message must have been one of the Turner family, that was, yeah, that was a big deal because, yeah, I was just, I was like, wow, whole, you know, this is, 
I realized then that that person sending that message wasn't Darren. It was someone else. And so immediately it was someone else corroborating the same story. And then I suppose when I also met Christine and she showed me the messages from Donald saying that, you know, he believed his brother was responsible or at least involved in this. That whole sequence of events, uh, I found, you know, it was pretty massive. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I don't have, we don't have proof right now that, that his brother is responsible, but, you know, we've got multiple people placing him there and, and uh, yeah, we'd, you know, let's just say we don't have all the answers there yet, but that was probably the bit that blew my mind the most. Um, you know, I've got to say, even just when I met James recently and he didn't really have a lot to add, but he did tell me about the bull bars and it's, that was, um, you know, light bulb moment as well there. If you start thinking about the bull bars and what that means and well, and I guess the fact that they did own a white Subaru station wagon, that's, um, that is pretty massive if you really start thinking about that. Yeah, there's just a couple things. There's been a lot of them, you know, but oh, those are ones that stand out, I think. When I realized that that um, those messages were not from Darren, that they were actually from Donald, and it was corroborating that whole story. And then, of course, the other part of that that blew my mind in a bad way was when I discovered that Donald was dead and he'd only recently died. That whole sequence of events was pretty wild. Thanks, Corey. So that will do it for the questions today. Thank you so much for all those questions. And, you know, I say, look, I know it's hard. You're all trying to sort of, uh, you know, you're trying to piece this thing together and, and you don't have all the, the bits to the puzzle, but, you know, you, you, you're doing well. And it's, it's um, you know, it, it's hard. You, there's um, not to speculate. And uh, when, you, you know, you're trying to find those answers and, you know, I would say that, you know, you can go back through, there's some stuff recently that's come out, you know, if you go back through James's thing and you go back through some of the old stuff and and I can tell you that you can piece together more of the truth of this thing from what, what is already out there. Um, but I would say you need to, um, yeah, maybe you need, you need to have your bullshit radar going. But just pick out the important things, the things that you think, okay, this this is something I can rely on. And, and you know, I think you can piece together an idea. And um, I think when, when eventually I do explain it to you, I think you're going to go, ah, right, of course, that makes perfect sense now. But uh, yeah, until um, the next episode. So I'll get an episode out next week, a proper episode. And uh, we're going to start this final road to the finish. And um, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild and, you know, oh, yeah, thanks for all your support. And if, as usual, if there's anyone out there that has any information, and I will say I know there are people out there that have those pieces to this puzzle that I need um, that have been told things over the years that can really help, you know, help finish this off, put this thing to bed. And what I want to say is you can contact me, you know, through the email brevitystudiosnz at gmail.com and I can assure you of anonymity. Your name will never be out there unless you want it to. Um, you know, this is about Heidi's why do it, which is, you know, her spirit. You know, like James said, and it's right, you know, that that her spirit needs to be put to rest. 
And, you know, if you believe in, in that kind of thing, then I think, you know, we could all agree on that same thing. You know, in these last episodes, you know, this is sort of a last call, you know, to let's do the right thing. People out there, locals that have those final bits of the puzzle, I'm really appealing to you to come forward with those final pieces. And I can sure assure you of your safety uh, to get this thing over the line. And so we can find Heidi. And, and like I said from the beginning, it's not about finding out who's guilty or innocent. Um, I think the chance of any prosecution of any other person that may be involved is probably zero. It's just about finding Heidi. And, and that's that's really all I care about. Uh, so yeah, thanks everyone. And um, I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Oh, and I'll, if you're interested in the interview I did on the AM show, the TV show, uh, I will put the link in the description. There's no new bombshell stuff there, but you know, it's just good uh, to see, to see that extra exposure. Uh, oh, and one other thing, uh, we're going to be releasing a run of limited edition t-shirts, Finding Heidi shirts. And, you know, the purpose of this is to help, you know, fund those, these final sort of searches. Um, they're very real costs to this, you know, even last time, you know, the guys covered their own gas, but there are other costs that add up and, you know, and it's just to help cover those, those costs really. And, and I will say too, that, you know, there've been some people recently and I'm not going to name them, but implying that, you know, that I'm sort of fabricating this whole story to try and make money. And that couldn't, there couldn't be anything more sort of disrespectful and insulting to insinuate. Um, that really shows these people that, that don't know me and, and who I am. I started this whole podcast never to make a single dollar. I invested thousands of my own dollars into it before it ever made a dollar. I didn't even turn advertising on for the first year because I just had no interest um, in that kind of thing. And I mean, the reality is though, you know, now the podcast does make income, but that literally goes to making the investigation happen. You know, if I didn't have income coming in, then I mean, this this would all be over. I mean, I, I couldn't do it forever without any income, but um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so those shirts are going to um, be on sale through our website soon. And the website's actually getting rebuilt by... Uh, Jacob from uh, Meteor Street, and um, I'll explain more about that soon, but you'll be able to buy the shirts for a limited period of time, and we will be shipping these worldwide. Uh, and I will add that, you know, we don't make much money on the shirts. You know, no one's getting rich by any means, but, you know, it can help raise a little bit of money, but mainly it gets people out there with shirts, and you can support the course. And, um, yeah, I'll let you know in the next episode when those are going to be up. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. Uh, and talk to you soon.